Hello everyone, welcome to this pilot episode of Love Your Career. I'm Lawrence Everest um, of Love Recruitment. I'm really happy to have as our guest on this pilot episode, my business partner and best friend and um, MD of Love Recruitment, uh, Mr. Abby Lakina. I've worked with Abby for over 12 years and we started Love Recruitment together over seven years ago. And in terms of the recruitment process and helping people, I can't think of anyone better to have on this pilot episode than the man himself. So listen to the guidance he gives, take information away, make notes. There's some amazing information in here that you can take away. So he mentioned some great books, he mentioned some great podcasts you can listen to. Take the information that you want. Um, and if you have any questions at all, reach out to us, ask any questions, more than happy to, to answer as many of them as I possibly can. So without further ado, Mr. Abby Lakina. First things first, if you don't mind, tell us just a little bit about your career so far. Thanks, Lawrence, for having me. Also, I I started my career in the fitness industry. Actually, my, my career actually started as a journalist in India, uh, where where I've always been fascinated by sport, and I covered school sport, cricket uh, for about a year. Uh, in the UK, my my first. Uh, my first job in the fitness industry was actually uh, as in membership sales at Virgin Active and then progressed to, like a lot of people do, into sales management. And at that stage, decided want to do something else. Met, met yourself uh, at uh, at the offices and leisure jobs and obviously, yeah, started off as a recruiter with you. We worked together for in the four, four and a half years there before we decided to set up at, at Love Recruitment. Uh, that obviously happened about seven years ago. Uh, and we have pretty much grown it from very much a startup from your mother-in-law's spare bedroom to where we are today. Feels scary, but uh, <laughs> I guess, yeah, that, that's kind of almost a summary of, our, of my journey. Okay. We'll start with, I guess, I guess, quite a big question. Remember, the purpose of this podcast is about helping people with their career. That's what it's about, is trying to pass across nuggets information gems information processes that can help people with their career so what is your best career advice that you would give people to listen to this podcast i think it's it's to have it's to have clear goals in terms of where you know where where you want to actually actually end up you know your your habits your direction your learnings and everything are constantly will have to evolve on the basis of that you know I very early on realized I wanted to do something which was people related sales related and that obviously a lot of the stuff I've ended up doing has been focused on that my skills have been developing on that but if someone asked me today to go run a gym I'll be clueless at that because I've never you know my goals aren't related to that as well as I haven't been able to develop myself in terms of that. And the second biggest piece of advice is constantly take feedback from people. Uh, it's, I think the day you stop taking feedback uh, and the day you stop surrounding yourself by people who give you feedback, is almost a day you accept that you don't want to grow anymore. And that's okay, by the way, that's completely fine. That's completely accepted. Uh, it just is something that you need to be conscious about that people who do give you feedback about your performance, about the way you come across, that is 
you know, those people you need to keep as close to you uh, in your life. So that's probably my two biggest pieces of advice. The feedback element, was that learned? Or was that something you think you always knew? Definitely learned. I took it very, very personally, uh, as you know. Uh, and I still do sometimes. I, I still have to take a step back and look at going, oh my God, someone's insulting me. Is someone's, you know, purposely doing this to upset me? But when you reflect on it after a couple of weeks or uh, or maybe a couple of hours, a couple of minutes, you realize that actually this, you know, most of the success that I've had, most of the changes that I've had has been based on someone giving me uncomfortable feedback. Uh, and this is very much learned. Never read this from a book. Never still have read it from a book for that matter. You know, people, there's lots of stuff to learn from book, but they actually the going through the process of having uncomfortable feedback and and then, you know, reflecting on it, being upset by it. And that is something super cool. I think that's super important. I think what's what has changed with time is that initially that process was a long process. So we're talking about, again, you know, you, you know this better than anyone, it's probably a, a week to two weeks from the emotional reaction to settle down and yeah. uh, it becoming more of a rational discussion. The only thing I think that's learned from all of this is that that process is shorter now. Uh, it probably is further than two weeks, probably two hours. So, yeah. I think one of the critical things is I think you may have always had it in your arsenal to, to know that you wanted feedback and you got better for it, but you've become better at receiving it, for sure. Uh, and I think for your team as well, you pass that on and it's yeah. about telling people often, we, the phrase we use, isn't it, is what people need to hear rather than yeah. what they want to hear. And I think part of progression in people's careers, being receptive to understand what, what they need to do to progress. That's a yeah. really important. I, I would agree with that. Who would you say has had the biggest influence on you in your career so far? And crucially, why? I think three people in my in my career. Uh, and they, they've come at different journeys uh, and different parts when they play different parts. So the first one is Gareth Lewis, who interviewed me at Virgin Active and gave me my first ever role. Uh, I have confessed to him recently. I have lied to him several times during that interview, uh, including telling him that I was just around the corner. So I just popped and actually came down from Leeds uh, uh, for the interview. But, you know, that's, that's I guess, it's a white Where was the interview? Uh, Sunbury uh, in, uh, in southwest <laughs> London. So, or sorry. Uh, and I guess for him, it's the fact that I had no experience, absolutely none. And to give me a chance at that stage is to have a job in the fitness industry is huge. I think who knows what would have happened if he just said no. Uh, and I think, yeah, the fact that he did actually give me a chance, uh, you know, as I said, who knows if I, if I've been rejected for that job, I ended up in another sector, my whole life would have been completely upside down. The second one is probably Neil Randall, who was my, uh, when I became a sales manager, uh, Neil was the first, uh, uh, Neil, was, Neil was my GM and probably the first person who started giving me very honest feedback in terms of what I needed to do. He very quickly identified things I was doing wrong and just gave me very straightforward, direct feedback in terms of what I needed to do. And I really respect him and until today, uh, hold him in very high regard because I don't think I'd ever make that step up. And the final one is obviously you. Uh, you know, we, we worked together now for, gosh, I think about 11 or 12 years. And I think what I've always respected is, there's lots of things I have, but it's that is a constant, I guess, you know, firstly, the constant belief that 
I could do things which probably I didn't think I could do. And actually that clear feedback and direction of how to get there, that's something that's been a big influence uh, uh, for me. And actually, and I think going back to all of the people, you respect them more when you're giving feedback to people yourself and when you're managing people yourself uh, because you're actually attempting to do very similar things for other people. So those three, for me, would probably be the most important. Amazing. It's a two-way process having someone to mentor you like that. What is it about you, do you think, that the three of us saw in you as to why we'd invest that, almost invest that time and the belief in building that partnership with you? What, what did you bring to work every day? What was the difference between you to other people? I think probably just attitude more than anything else. I'd you agree. know, uh, I don't think it was a better skill. I don't think it was anything in particular, which, you know, from a skill perspective, I just think it's what it's the attitude of coming in and wanting to do well, you know, super competitive against myself I've never never ever been competitive against the board or anything else and and i, and I think you 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 know uh, you've seen this yourself i've never been the top biller in any company i've never been uh the best recruiter i've never was never was the best salesperson because i've kind of know my limitations in terms of how what i bring to the table and everything else but i think there's this constant need to do the best i can and that attitude, I think that's probably what everyone saw going, yeah, that's pretty, you know, we can work with that. Uh, rather than, you know, there's some people out there who've got just pure natural skill in terms of everything. everything. I don't think I was that guy. I think I was more the guy who just went, okay, I'm going to come in, I'm going to work hard, I'm going to listen to feedback, and I'll do, it all, I'll do it all over again. Strength and skills have evolved over the years yeah. with you, obviously. You know, it's clearly not the same person you are now than you were then. But the things that are overriding, I would completely agree. Attitude is completely critical. Your work ethic as well. And your honesty. You've always been that person. I think people want to invest their time in you. I think yeah. probably those guys saw that in you as well. Failures and disappointments is a big part of any career. What would you describe as your biggest disappointment, failure, regret so far? There are too many to name. Uh, there really are. I think I actually make a list every month of my five top failures in that month, and that's how many they are. So if you're looking at a career that's gone on about 15 years or so, there's a lot, there's all bloody failures there. I think it's the biggest regret always is not giving enough and wondering if there's something more we could do. And there are so many scenarios where you know whether there's a client who was disappointed whether there was a staff member who was who's left our business uh people who we, who we had to move on there's always that thing in the back of my mind could we have done something better and could we have controlled the controllables better and i think that's where it comes from and the answer is most of the time there's always some things we can learn from it uh and but yeah, there's no, there's no one thing mm. that I could ever think of. Oh my God, that was a real absolute regret. There were, there were numerous ones over the times. Okay. Do you see failure at this point differently now than you did maybe seven years ago when we first started? Do you see the, the process of failure differently? Yeah, absolutely. I think, uh, you know, failure, failing in my opinion is an absolute necessity uh, of, of running a business. 
of running or having a job in a business, anything, I think you have to fail. I think that is something you can you can't go away from. You need to embrace it and you need to you need to fail quick. You know, mm. fail as quick as possible and learn from it. And as long as it doesn't as long as it isn't one of those events that bankrupts you or completely changes your business, you should actually look forward to failing because we're, we're doing a lot of the stuff we do is we're doing it for the first time. As, in, as a business, we're doing it for the first time. And there's, there's only so much manuals or anything else you can read about what to do, what to say. But I think you need to almost embrace failing, look forward to failing and do it quick, as quick as possible. Some of the best elements we have in our business right now have come from failing a certain amount during, during the course of our time haven't they absolutely how, how we how we, we even recruit for our teams has evolved so much we've become so much tighter which has led us to having the the, the top class team we have what we have right now growing up did you have any role models growing up were there anyone you kind of looked up to and thought that's what i want to be like when you when you were first starting out i think Before. it's very very simple i think it's always been my dad it just is like he, I, I, I read Warren Buffett said something about his father, which I really related to mine is he could live his entire life every day. It could be published in a newspaper and there'd be nothing to hide. And I think that's how I really, I've seen, I saw my dad live that life. Like every single element was always done with the, the utmost honesty, the utmost dignity and I think the ability of living a life of such a long time with with the ultimate morals and everything it just is impressive you know like honestly if anyone was to see you could publish his life in the newspaper tomorrow and there will be absolutely nothing to hide and i think for me that is that was always my role model you know he's uh, uh for people who don't know my dad does my dad's a scientist he's he's worked for nasa and everything else and i don't think i was that that wasn't the thing that ever got me I guess he wasn't my role model for that reason, but it's just the way he, he lived his life. And he still lives his life. It's, that's what, yeah. It's really funny. Actually, I forgot to mention to you, I'm reading the Warren Buffett book at the moment. He talks about winning the parent lottery in his yeah. book. And you and your sister have spoken about that in the past. Absolutely. Uh, we have. And I think it's just, it's just again, you know, it. We, 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 come, we come across so many decisions we make based on, you know, short-term greed, long-term strategy, but... To make all those decisions with with dignity throughout your life, that yeah, for me is a and very simple answer. From a point of honor as yeah. well. I've never met your dad, I can absolutely yeah. concur with that. What is what is either that I, I wanna I wanna try and lay something out where people can then go to and find some of the influences, some of the some of the, 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 the books or or influences you've had. What are the th maybe three either book, platform, influencer, podcaster do you'd recommend? What would you, you're allowed three. So what would be yeah. your top three? Yeah. First one obviously would be the Love Your Career podcast. Uh, no, <laughs> let's, let's take that. That's, hopefully that'll be an answer that people start saying uh, in the future. I think the first thing is to understand the type of, it has to be books, completely has to be books. But in terms of books, it has to be something which really resonates with you. You know, don't, you know, when you get recommendations from books from people, oh, you should read this or you should, there, there's a certain type of book that will always get you most excited. I think you need to really 
move towards that. Uh, and I think that is something which I do a lot. There's and, and again, my type of books is more about about business, how to improve your habits, uh, psychology. Those are the kind of books that really, really get me in terms of get me really, really excited. So. And, and there's numerous books like that, which have had an influence with me uh, uh, as well. I'm currently reading the Ray Dalio book uh, about principles, which is recommended by you. Uh, I was recommend, you know, other books which I find super interesting are Malcolm Gladwell books mm. uh, about psychology. Uh, and then the classic books about, you know, money and mindsets, you know, atomic habits, uh, uh, things like Rich Dad, Poor Dad, uh, all those uh, stuff like that, which those really resonate with me. I think the first thing you need to really understand what what do you like, uh, mm. and 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 you find reading those books very easy. Like I think Tom Tom Trout, he loves books on mindsets, habits. That's more him. Uh, whereas some, for someone else, maybe something else. That's the first thing. The second thing which I found super helpful was actually Masterclass, uh, which is uh, an online subscription where you can basically. Uh, you know, uh, video learning where you've got videos based on some of the best CEOs out there. Uh, Bob Iger, the, uh, uh, the guy from Starbucks, can never pronounce Howard Schultz, Schultz. Uh, uh, Barack Obama, Hillary Clinton, uh, Bill Clinton, and you've got all great leaders talking about a particular subject. And I think that I think is super, super helpful in terms of resource uh, uh, as well. And the third one, I think, is actually a much more closer one, uh, is actually speak to people in your industry, is actually make time to speak to people about, you know, how they've progressed their career. And I think that's probably a big of the inspiration about this podcast for us has been, is that, is that actually to give people an understanding of what people do to be successful. Now, I'm super privileged that I get to speak to some great CEOs, I get to speak to some great ops directors, HR people, and I get to see their habits in terms of and what they do and how they plan their day and ask them their questions. But actually, I think that is super helpful is actually seeing people do it. So those are my probably three things, books for sure. Uh, and uh, uh, the masterclass thing is always fine. I find it super helpful. And the third thing is actually speak to people who you respect. And hopefully this podcast will give people some nuggets of that uh, as well. Absolutely. Really good answer. In terms of coming back to recruitment and helping people find great staff or helping great people find the right role for them, the questions around your top interview tip. So would you mind giving us one for both that side, both of those sides of the desk? Maybe your top tip for a business um, in terms of how, how to recruit great people or the best they can and a tip that for, a, for someone who's going for a job tomorrow, what can they do today? To help them with help increase their chances of success i think for, let's let's start with the candidate one uh i think for for candidates it's it's a very simple it's a very basic tip but you've got to want it and and if you do want it your behaviors change quite a bit in terms of what you do you do your research you spend time uh understanding the company, the culture, and you present yourself in the best possible way. Uh, and I think the preparation that goes into someone who really does want a job is is great. So I think that the key thing is for any job seeker, 
if you've had one interview over the last week, you've had 10, if you've had 20, if you've had 100, the ability of trying to treat this as your first interview and you get super excited, you do your research, you do everything else. That's the biggest tip for a candidate. So start with wanting it and it manifests yeah. in the way that they can. Firstly, start doing research. Let's yeah. try and look at ways in which the, the physical things. Exactly. Yeah. But, but it has to be them wanting it and they have yeah. to get their mindset. Now, I also empathize with candidates to get to this point because they may be desperate for a job. They may go on for 10 interviews. They may not have received feedback. I get how hard it is sometimes for candidates, but that is, it starts from really manifesting, I want this job and I'm going to somehow block out all the crap about, you know, whether they, they want me, is it actually a live vacancy? Give it your best shot. And that leads to a hundred other steps after that, which will do that as well. From a can, from a client's perspective, in terms of the biggest recommendation is probably go into an interview with as clear a mind as possible. And don't, you know, with any, no prejudice in terms of anything, just go with a clear mind. And it's really hard to sometimes. We, we walk into interviews with almost the battle scars of our previous interviews, of our previous bad hires. And that's not good for business. That's not good for anyone. And actually the biggest advice I could give clients is actually going in for interviews, completely, you know, almost clearing your mind in terms of that, be present in the moment. Because you're, you're, you're spending an hour with someone and it may seem very monotonous, it may seem very, you know, you've done it a hundred times, thousand times before, but that decision, even if it's a very junior role to a very, for C-suite role, is a super important decision. And the number of times we know that clients aren't mentally present while making that huge decision is, is quite a lot. I think that's my biggest advice is be completely clear, be complete when every interview you go for, be completely blank and go judge the interview for what it is. That's my biggest advice. And uh, I think, so that's always one thing, actually generally be present in, in the moment when you are interviewing people because it's a super important decision for everyone there. The second thing is clients, from a client perspective, it's actually looking at the whole process. We are in a world today where recruitment has changed. You know, it used to be very much a, a candidate-driven market, which I means is there's more jobs, there's, there's less candidates, and there's less candidates on the there's less jobs and there's more candidates on the market. Sorry about that. Uh, and we've kind of shifted that a little bit. And the entire process from candidate attraction to making it easy for them to get all the information, for, for the interviews to be held in a very timely manner, that entire process needs to be looked at. Uh, uh, and if you don't do that, you will simply lose out on talent. And that's also what all that happens is because there'll be someone else out there which will be a bit quicker, we'll have a better process, we'll have a yeah. more slicker process. And that is something that all clients need to constantly keep looking at. And do you see this? Are you seeing this with clients at the moment? Do you see the importance of this? We do because they're, they're gen I think, I think for a lot of clients, they, uh, this is something that gets put on the back burner because there's plenty of candidates. But in the market we are today, candidate clients aren't, you know, they aren't in a position where they can 
They can actually uh, not address the situation. And be quite blase about it. Exactly. That. And I think clients aren't now. Clients are making decisions where they're looking at their adverts. They're making sure that the adverts are SEO compliant. They're making sure that they're advertising in the right places. Uh, they're, they're using technology so that the candidates can be messaged straight away. Things like this have already started. And all this affects is this is not going to suddenly solve the recruitment problem, but it will reduce the pain by five, ten percent, and that incremental things will will change. You know, having you know vacant, having you know ten percent of your workforce uh, of your vacancies of your you know all your jobs being vacant to five percent. You know, and the, those those little things that reduce the pain so much. So. That every client, I would advise them to look at their process as soon as possible uh, because other people are and they're making their process more efficient. I couldn't agree more. I think that's critical. And that process has started a while ago, yeah. but it's becoming more and more acute as time goes on. Funny one, but what, what's the what's the worst interview trait that you've seen in somebody? And, and I'm, we're asking this question is to add value to people. Sometimes people might think something is not important, but actually have no understanding of the impacts this sort of stuff can have. So someone's coming for an interview or the actions they take or the process they go through. What's, what's almost the most common worst one that you've come across? I think not answering the question. Uh, and it's that is the worst for me. I think it is a very, very simply is it, it it shows candidates off in numerous bad lights. A, they don't listen. So they actually physically, they, they, they aren't listening to the question on hand, which clients don't like at all, which you know, as a recruiter, we find it quite difficult. And second, there's an element of it comes across, even it may not be, comes across a little bit dishonest. Uh, you know, they, they, that might not be that may not be their intention, but it potentially comes across as someone's asked them a question about, you know, about a particular thing, and they have gone around the houses to try not answering it. Everyone knows what's happening there, and on the counter to that, one of the best interview traits is the exact opposite: is simply be honest, because. The numerous one of our clients say the same words to us. We rather know someone, we rather hire someone who is, who's got flaws, but we understand those flaws compared to hiring someone who appears to have no flaws, but we can't understand them. And that is the worst. I think that's the, that's the most common trait. That, that's the most common thing we hear from clients is that they don't hire someone is because they simply haven't answered the questions on hand. Sometimes it's not even about honesty. I completely agree with you with that trait. Sometimes it's not even about honesty. Sometimes it's about getting people's talent across. And I've, I've told a story hundreds of times I've interviewed people over the years that the feedback and advice I got from Catherine Firma, yeah. who's now the ops director for, for Gym Group, I've, and I also wrote a blog about it, is that conciseness in your answer. Sometimes it's not about avoiding the truth. Yeah. It's actually understanding how to answer yeah. a question and being clear and being concise. And I, I massively failed my first interview for a role within the sport where I worked for, but the feedback from Catherine telling me about being more concise, doing a role play with me, helping me to do that, yeah. enabled me to answer the questions better, to showcase my skills better. So it's not, sometimes it's about knowing how to answer questions come across well because if you go around the houses so, so sometimes not people being dishonest it's actually they don't know how to answer a question properly yeah. so that's really really amazing advice if you could go back to your 21 year old self and give them one piece of advice what would it be clearly in the context of careers 
<laughs> Thank you for clarifying that. Uh, <laughs> learn how to take feedback better. I think. I think I took way too long to get on that path. But yeah, that's that's probably the best one I would okay. give. Take feedback better and fail as much as you possibly can. Okay. Just for those listening as well, as, uh, Abby mentioned it earlier, there's a book called Principles by Ray Dalio, and he talks a lot about that in it, about understanding what's true and yeah. feedback being something people need to hear rather than what they want to hear. So it's a massive recommendation for me. If someone's watching this, and from all the, a lot of the amazing stuff that you've mentioned today, if you were to ask them to go, right, all of that said, jump to this part of this podcast, this is the one thing to take away. What would that one thing be? What do you want them to take? I think the most important thing I would want someone to take from this is, is that we, I think it probably goes back to failing a little bit, is I think so in a society we've, the word failing is, is considered a super negative. I think the word failing has got lots of emotional baggage attached to it. And it probably does. Uh, but I think in business, in a career, it is absolutely vital. It is something we should all embrace. And we should all look to, you know, have our mini failures. Uh, and don't be afraid about it, you know. And as long as we are, we're doing that, yeah, we'll all be fine. Amazing. Abby, thank you so much for your time today as our first guest on this pilot episode of Love Your Career. Thank you very much. Thank you very much.